neighbor, and welcome today to another podcast episode of Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce, and what a privilege it is to have all of you out there by SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Blueberry, and others. We're just so very pleased and happy to have you with us today. We're going to continue with our study in the book of Revelation. I know it's going to be a blessing to you. If it is, like it and share it with others. You can also go over to establishedinthefaith.com, and if you go there, you'll find more information on how you can subscribe to this podcast as well. We love hearing from you, so please feel free to contact us with any questions and comments that you may have. Well, we're going to go on into our study now, picking it up in Revelation chapter 13 and verse 1. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. is where we're at tonight in your Bibles. Revelation chapter 13. And we're going to begin with the first verse. Revelation 13 verse 1. John said, I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. Now, this beast that John saw was not a literal creature that's going to come out of the sea at some point in time during the tribulation period. All of this is symbolism, it's symbolic. And uh, John saw two of these things here in the 13th chapter. Uh, this first beast that he saw is the Antichrist. And we're going to be dealing with that for a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks may turn into a couple of months, just, how, just however the Lord leads. Uh, the second beast that is mentioned here in this chapter is down in verse 11, and that is the false prophet. And we'll deal with him sometime next year. <laughs> I, you never know. Just keeping it real. But tonight we're going to take a look at the rise of the Antichrist. Uh, we've touched on some of this before. But I want to kind of pull what we've studied in the past, uh, bring it up to what we're looking at here. If you will, turn to Second Thessalonians chapter 2. I want to show you some things there. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. The Antichrist is going to step on the scene sometime after the rapture of the church. we got people running around today saying that Obama's the Antichrist. No, Obama is not the Antichrist. He may say some things that make people think he's the Antichrist. Back in the 80s, people were saying that Ronald Reagan was the Antichrist, had some kind of numeric system when you counted up the letters in his name, it all added up to be 666. And people were saying Ronald Reagan was the Antichrist. 
Also during that time, Miguel Gorbachev, people were saying that he was the Antichrist. He had this spot up on his forehead, and oh, he's the Antichrist. And, you know, people go and they get their uh, license plate, and they happen to get the plate with 666 on it, and they refuse it and turn it down, afraid they're going to take the mark of the beast and lose their soul and all this kind of stuff. You don't have to worry about that right now. Because the Antichrist is not on the scene. He will not be on the scene until after the rapture of the church. So we don't have to worry about it. Now we see things going on in the world today leading up to that. But as of right now, there's nobody on the scene identified as the Antichrist. Now he could be in the world. He could be in power somewhere, but we don't know who he is. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, verse 3, tells us this. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day, what day? It's talking about the day of the Lord, the second coming of Christ, which will start the millennium. For that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. Now, this falling away refers to a time of great apostasy and lukewarmness in the church. Uh, It's the Laodicean church age that we are now living in. That falling away. That phrase, falling away, also could have been translated a catching away. So it also could refer to the rapture. Two things. Uh, The falling away refers to apostasy, the Laodicean church, the church drifting away from its foundation. Plus, it also means the rapture of the church. Two events which are somewhat back-to-back, if you will. And that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and the man of sin be revealed. That is the Antichrist. The son of perdition. Verse 4. Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now this is talking about... Uh, the midpoint of the tribulation period when the Antichrist will break his seven-year peace pact with Israel and he'll take over the temple uh, that'll be rebuilt sometime in the future. All right, verse 5, Paul said, Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things? And now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work, only he, the church, who now letteth or hinders, will let or will hinder, until he, the church, be taken out of the way. That's the proper interpretation of that passage of Scripture. 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 3 through 9. Let me uh, read that again. Verse 7. 
For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only the church, which now hinders, will hinder until the church be taken out of the way. And like I said, that is the rapture. The Antichrist is not going to come on the scene until after the rapture of the church. Verse 8, And then shall that wicked be revealed, that's the Antichrist, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. Now the Antichrist comes on the scene when the first seal is broken. Revelation chapter 6. Go ahead and flip over there, if you will. And I just want you to notice the order, uh, the progression that is taking place in the book of Revelation. Uh, When God gave this to John, he gave it to him in order, in the way that these things would be fulfilled. He just didn't sporadically throw things out there so it would be confusing. God has an order to everything. And in the book of Revelation, the first chapter is dealing with the vision uh, that Christ uh, gave to John, told him to write, write the things which you've seen, uh, the things which are, and the things which will be hereafter. In chapters 2 and 3, we're dealing with the church, or the church age. Spoke to seven churches there. The last church that Jesus spoke about was the church at Laodicea, which was lukewarm, which speaks of apostasy, the age in which we're now living in. When we get to chapter 4 and verse 1, that's where we believe the rapture takes place. John said, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show you the things which must be hereafter. Hereafter what? Hereafter the church age. Because that is following the previous two chapters, which was talking about the church. Uh, A little bit later on there in chapter 4 of the book of Revelation, John describes the throne room of God, the 24 elders, which represents the church. And he talks about the worship and all that's going on in heaven. Then in the fifth chapter of the book of Revelation, John sees a book in the right hand of God the Father, and Christ was the only one worthy to take the book in the open Uh, the seven seals thereof. Then we get to Revelation chapter 6. Revelation chapter 6 and verse 1. John said, I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard as it were the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. John said, I saw, and behold, a white horse, And he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. This is the Antichrist. When that first seal is opened up, that is when the Antichrist will be revealed. It's the beginning of his career. He carries a bow, but no arrows. He's going to try to conquer the world by the means of peace, while all the time he's preparing for war. 
Uh, if you will, turn to Daniel chapter 9. Daniel chapter 9. This is going to be one of the first events. One of the first things that the Antichrist will do when he comes on the scene. Daniel 9. Move down, if you will, to verse 27. Daniel 9, verse 27. And he, that's talking about the Antichrist. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. That's seven years. He'll somehow bring peace to the Middle East. Sign the seven-year peace pact with Israel. May even help Israel rebuild their temple. We're not real sure on that. But Israel will proclaim him as their Messiah. Jesus said, I've come in my Father's name and you receive me not. But another will come in his own name and him you shall receive. Daniel nine twenty seven, And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. At the midpoint of the tribulation period, that's three and a half years. Uh, he will turn on Israel and try to destroy them, breaking that contract. He'll stop all the sacrifices in the temple, and then he will set up the temple and use it as his headquarters for the last three and a half years. Daniel went on to say, for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate. Uh, this is the abomination of desolation that Jesus talked about in Matthew chapter 24. And, of course, we've looked at all of that. Now, for the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about the seventh trumpet judgment. And that is where Satan is cast out of heaven. And he's not too happy about that. Uh, he's angry, and he knows that he has but a short time to win the age-old conflict that he started way back in the eons of the past whenever that was. He knows he has but a short time, and at this time, at the midpoint of the tribulation period, when Antichrist breaks that peace pact and Satan is cast out of heaven, Satan, his fallen angels, and demon spirits are going to empower the Antichrist unlike any other human being in history. That is why in Revelation 13 and verse 1, the Bible refers to him as a beast. In Revelation 6 and verse 2, he's a person riding upon a white horse. He comes trying to conquer the world by the means of peace. But three and a half years after he steps on the scene, all the powers of darkness backing him 100%, he's going to do whatever it takes. And the Bible calls him a beast. John said, Revelation 13, verse 1 again, I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea. Now, the word beast, the original Greek word there is therion. And it means a wild, venomous, dangerous animal. 
And the Antichrist will be very dangerous because, like I said, all the powers of darkness will be behind him. John said, I saw this beast rise up out of the sea. Notice that terminology. This could be the Mediterranean Sea because the countries that are under his control will be in this general area. But the sea mostly refers to a sea of people. If you will, turn to Revelation chapter 17. I want to give you some scripture for that. The sea referring to people. Revelation chapter 17, verse 1. And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, and I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. Jump down to verse 15. And he said unto me, The waters which thou sawest, where the whore sitteth, are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. So the sea that John saw this beast rise up out of is mostly referring to a sea of people. Now, the sea is symbolic of a violent, chaotic uh, mass of humanity, if you will. It seems like every time there is chaos or revolution, somebody comes to power. For instance, out of the French Revolution, Napoleon was born. Out of the Great Depression, Lenin was born. Out of confusion, inflation, and unemployment, Hitler was born. And like I said, out of turmoil and social chaos, the Antichrist, or people that have the spirit of Antichrist, come on the scene. Can you imagine when the rapture of the church takes place? And millions of people all around this world instantly disappear. Can you imagine the chaos that will be in the world at that time? And then this man comes on the scene, and he's got the answer to everything. He just solves everybody's problem. And the world applauds him. Israel says, hey, he's our Messiah. All right, this beast that John saw had seven heads and ten horns. The seven heads refer to the empires of the past that persecuted Israel, which were Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome, and the ten horns uh, that are countries that will form under the Antichrist after the rapture of the church. And that'll be the seventh head. John said, I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea with seven heads and ten horns and upon the horns ten crowns. By this time of the tribulation period, 
these ten countries will have come together under the Antichrist. And that is the reason we see these ten horns being crowned. Then it says, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. Each one of the empires of the past persecuted Israel and blasphemed God. But this beast, the Antichrist, will be the most blasphemous of all. He'll be a combination of all the empires of the past. Revelation 13, verse 2. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard. His feet were as the feet of a bear. His mouth was as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. If you will, turn to Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 7. The Lord gave Daniel a list of empires that were to come from his day right on up to today and reaching far into the future. Daniel saw a beast like a leopard, just like John saw this beast that was like a leper. The leper is known for his swiftness and speed. What Daniel saw in Daniel chapter 7, verse 6, what he saw was the Grecian Empire headed up by Alexander the Great. No other leader in history has conquered the world with such speed as did Alexander the Great. His war tactics are still studied in war colleges today. Many question how was Alexander the Great able to do what he did in such a short amount of time. Well, the answer to that question is he had a fallen angel that was behind him, helping him to do that. And uh, we're going to look at that a little bit later on. But Daniel chapter 7, verse 6. Daniel said, After this I beheld and lo." Another, like a leper, came up upon the back of it, had four wings of a fowl. Like I said, the leper is fast. And the leper that Daniel saw had four wings on his back, which that means he was super fast. And the beast that John saw was likened to a leper, meaning that uh, the conquest of the Antichrist will be fast. It's going to be quick. Daniel 7, verse 6, latter part of that verse said, The beast also had four heads, and dominion was given unto it. History records that Alexander the Great died at an early age, and his kingdom was divided up into four parts. Daniel saw this leper with four heads. All right, hold your place right there in Daniel 7. John said that the beast that he saw had the feet of a bear. If you will, look up at verse 5. Daniel 7, verse 5. 
Daniel said, and behold, another beast, a second like to a bear. The bear represents the Medo-Persian Empire. And it raised itself on one side. History records that Cyrus the Persian was greater than Darius the Mede. Hence the bear being raised up on one side. Now, Daniel said that this bear had three ribs in its mouth and between the teeth of it. Everyone see that? History records that the Medo-Persian Empire conquered Babylon, Lydia, and Egypt. Those three countries. The bear had three ribs in its mouth. And they said thus unto it, Arise and devour much flesh. The Medo-Persian Empire was ferocious and trampled its enemies. And the Antichrist will do likewise. All right. John said in Revelation 13 verse 2 that this beast had the mouth of a lion. That represents the finesse, grandeur, and pomp of the Babylonian Empire. The Antichrist will have a mouth speaking great things. And many will applaud this man saying that he is the one that's going to lead us out. He's the one that's going to lead us through. But whatever men call him, God calls him a beast. Because the dragon gave him his power, his seat, and great authority. the program today has been a blessing to you we hope and pray that you'll share it with others this podcast has been made possible by the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you to contact us or to contribute to this ministry go to establishedinthefaith.com click on the donate tab all donations are safe and secure through paypal we look forward to hearing from you